You're listening to the Begin Within Health Show with Nate Slager. For more, go to beginwithin.fit slash podcast or to enroll right now in our flagship coaching program, go to beginwithin.fit slash coaching. My guest today is Rosemarie Ruteki. She is a functional medicine health coach and she's going to help us today to get to the root of some of the biggest problems that we face when it comes to health. And in particular, we're going to focus on the mental health aspect of these interventions, these solutions. Things like anxiety and depression are often treated with what we might call band-aid solutions, right? They're just things to make the pain go away temporarily, but there's something that has to kind of always be there to cover it up. But what we're going to talk about today is the the root cause, at least from what researchers are finding now, right? What we know now to be the root cause of much of the lack of health that we have, whether it be physical or mental. Our health starts in our gut. We are finding that more and more and more. It's something that I've been really enjoying digging into and studying and also experimenting with myself, making adjustments in life and noticing the differences, noticing the benefits. So we're going to talk about that today in our interview. And I want you to pay particular attention to the specifics that my guest is going to talk about, the specific things that you can do that are going to impact your gut health. And we're going to talk a little bit about the mechanisms behind why what is happening down there in your belly as you're digesting food and and what's happening there with uh, the bacteria that are colonizing those internal organs. As we talk about those mechanisms, we're going to spend a good amount of time talking about the things that we can do to improve our gut health and thereby improve our health health, our physical health, our mental health, how we're feeling, our energy levels, positivity. All of this has to do with what's happening there. Or at the very least, there's a very strong connection. And I want you to leave with some very specific things that you can do to make improvements, to move forward. Please enjoy my interview with Rosemary Ruteki. So I got into functional medicine by, you know, I have kids. So my daughter, I had a lot of gut issues and a lot of health issues. You know, and you always go to the doctors and they pretty much tells you that, you know, you're fine, you're healthy. They do all this lab work. And so you pretty much stay the same course, right? Because you do your diligence by going to doctors, but then you don't get any answers, right? And then you start searching and reading and doing the whole Google stuff. But it was not until uh, my daughter, uh, my son was born and then she got very sad, you know, because it's like someone else came to the picture. And then when she went back to school, she stopped talking. 
And then when I talk to the pediatrician, they're like, oh, that's normal. You know, it's a face, right? Because, you know, kids have so many faces. And I trusted my pediatrician because he's he actually did my home birth. So, so he's been in practice for over 40 years. So he's someone that knows, you know, everything. And still to the day, I would call him, like, if something happened with the kids and what he said, it is. So it, he's that type of person. Well, but, you know, that space lasted like a year and a half. And I'm like, it's not normal for her not wanting to talk in school or with other children. At home, she was normal, you know, normal kid, playing, happy, all that. And then I found, you know, you Google, I Google it and I'm like, my kid is not talking. And then something came up said that it's called selective mutism. So it's an anxiety disorder that some kids develop and then they stop talking. It's, it's selective because they will, they will talk at home. They will talk with their parents and people that they feel comfortable with. But with other people, they would just don't talk. So when I saw that she was going to go to kindergarten and that's the face that they start reading and all that, then I just got to, you know, we need to really find how we can help her besides, you know, nutrition and all those things. And, and she's a great example of having that beautiful microbiome, you know, because, you know, I nursed her. She was a vaginal birth. She was born at home. Although I gave her my gut microbiome, which wasn't the best back then, right? So that's the connection with the gut and the brain. And in a month, we helped her. She started talking again. So I read, you name it, all the books about selective mutism. I called tons of psychologists. I went to conferences. And it's a sad, you know, condition because a lot of these kids, they grew up as adults with selective mutism and they don't talk. So they're at home. So that was very, you know, for me, I was like, I need really to take action because she needs to start talking. She needs to be a normal kid. Mm-hmm. I don't care what she want to do in her life, but at least something as basic as having a conversation with strangers, with people, you know, you have to. So when she started talking bad, we were like, great, you know, we nail it. We fix this, right? That's what you think. And then sometimes I will see her kind of regressing and I'm like, I really need to find the root cause. And that's functional medicine, right? You look for the root cause. And then in that search, I found a, that some people that have some genetic mutations, they tend to be more anxious, like MTHFR gene. I don't know if you have heard about that gene in the past. Uh, pretty much a lot of people has that mutation. But for the ones that have it, and if you have two more copies, then you're more susceptible for anxiety, for depression, and for other things. So, you know, reading into that, I found a functional medicine doctor that she was specialized in MTHFR mutations. And that's how I discovered functional medicine. And then we all benefit from, you know, so my daughter brought me to functional medicine, right? And then I learned so much and, you know, the, the importance of the gut microbiome and the nutrition and what your cells need and all that, that I'm like, I need to do this for a living because I was a pharmacist before and I was so, so sad that I was not passionate about my profession because right? I was keeping people sick, you know, one prescription after the other, you know, I was not making a difference on people. And that was for me very sad. I, that was not my life purpose. I really want to make a difference. So learning about functional medicine helped me not only help my daughter to continue now to be healthy, right? To keep her gut in check, her nutrition on check, you know, helping all those deficiencies that sometimes people with these mutations have. And, you know, she's doing great. I mean, people not even, you know, think she's an athlete. She talks, she, she does everything. She sells stuff. Awesome. Wow. That's a story. That's what I'm hearing. Wow. Okay. So 
my, I, I feel like a, hearing the story is, I mean, super, I mean, awesome. Congra congratulations. I mean, for taking it so seriously and getting such a great result as you're working through trying to find the root cause and not just treating symptoms. And I think my, for the first direction I want to go in is if you don't mind talking about your daughter a little bit. Oh yeah, let's talk. How could you explain for me the connection between what, you know, she was dealing with that disorder and the gut health? Is that ended up what ended up being the thing that really her? helped her the most? So, well, we did a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy. So, you know, a lot of like changing, you know, the way I speak to her, teaching people around her the way that you're going to talk. So, so for some people that have anxiety or sometimes ADHD and other things, you really also need to go to therapy, right? Do some cognitive behavioral therapy, see how you can approach. And to keep her healthy, the gut approach is the most important thing because when your gut microbiome is happy, when you're putting the nutrients that your gut needs, then you're going to feel happy. So there's research that, and they have done this with people that have very bad anxieties, depressions that are not, medi where medications doesn't work. They have tried fecal transplants. I don't know if you have heard about that. Yeah. So, yeah. so people, people that have C. diff, that's a very bad gut infection where pretty much your flora is all wiped out and then you are have a chronic diarrhea that doesn't stop and these patients can die. They're candidates for transplant too. And in studies, they have seen that when people uh, are getting transplanted with a healthy, you know, individual that have, you know, healthy flora, and if they have a very bad depression, they change, right? Their depression goes away. So that's how amazing the gut microbiome is, right? When you, you put all the good stuff in and you feed that microbiome, and in the studies, what I have read so far, you know, because studies come all the time, so maybe there's one now that it's saying something different, but a, people will get the symptoms again, right? So they will either, you know, if, if you have ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, or depression, it might work for a time, some time, but then the, the person might need the transplant again. And that makes me think, like, we have to continually feed the gut microbiome. It's not like you get a transplant or, you know, you do a treatment and, you know, it's kind of like working out. You're not going to work out for a week and then expect to keep that muscle mass for, you know, forever. You got to continue exercising. So the same thing with the gut microbiome. You got to continue feed that gut microbiome with the nutrients that it needs. So when I tell people things like fiber, at least hit 25 grams of fiber per day minimum, right? Sure. Uh, for guys, I told 35 because, you know, guys are bigger, you know, and taller and all that. They need a little bit more, but minimum try 25 grams. And where do you get fiber from? Because people sometimes think, well, I need to take met metamucil or some type right. of powder. So, yeah. Right. Supplements. So we think about fruits and vegetables. So pears, apples, pineapples, papaya, asparagus, broccoli, all those things have a, a lot of fiber. And they're great for our gut because our gut needs fiber to thrive, to keep growing. So you've got to think about your gut microbiome is the all the good bacteria that you have inside of you that helps you digest the food, absorb the nutrients, and 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So it also protects you. You make tons of neurotransmitters also in your gut. So if you want to be happier 
and, you know, be, have a better outlook in life. Feed your gut microbiome to see if your gut, gut microbes are, you know, saying like, okay, I'm so happy. You know, just give me all this fiber and all these fermented foods. Fermented foods are amazing to increase your gut microbiome diversity. They help you lower the inflammation. So when you give all that to your gut, it's going to be like, I'm so happy that I'm going to treat you well because you're treating me well. That's the way I explain people. So if the boss is angry, right? not getting the food it needs is going to let you know by you feeling sad, fatigue, getting sick a lot. A lot of people that have a lot of allergies that are constantly getting sick, that's a sign that your gut microbiome might need some help. Autoimmune conditions like colitis, Crohn's, rheumatoid arthritis, they have a, a, a beginning in the gut, a certain type of cancers, and you name it. Like the studies are coming with connecting even heart disease, diabetes, every chronic condition to the gut microbiome. Well, wow. It's wow, right? That's why we have to make it. We should be talking about this all the time, right? Like instead of like, oh, what are you eating? You know, like we eat sometimes and we learn to eat for for indulgement, to feel good, to satisfy our brain, our emotions. We're sad, we eat, we are celebrating, we eat which is, of course, we got to eat, but then we got to think about, okay, let's eat for our gut microbiome because if the gut microbiome is happy, the gut microbiome is going to make us feel happy and healthy. Well, so I think one of the things that is, at least in my mind, pretty revolutionary about the science that you're talking about is the connection between our mental and emotional state and basically the food that we're eating, right? is what it comes down to. And if I'm hearing you right, the reason is the foods we're eating are influencing the type of, or, or the makeup of the microbiome that's inside of our gut. And that exactly. microbiome is producing or is responsible for those neurotransmitters that we need in order to feel good, in order for our brains to work healthfully. Yeah. Yes, all that. Because we make all those neurotransmitters in our gut too. So we don't have enough of the good, you know, let's think about the army. The gut is your army, right? And if you don't give them the ammunition that it needs, it's not going to be able to defend itself and it's going to die. So that's what happened with a lot of people, especially when we eat not only food, right? Not eating the right foods, also high stress, taking tons of antibiotics, medications like anti-inflammatory drugs. Oral contraceptives, antiacids can, you know, decrease our gut microbiome, cause also leaky gut. So there's many things, the environment toxins, right? Things that we eat and if we, our diet is mostly processed foods with lack of fiber, tons of fried stuff, tons of alcohol. So imagine how our gut's going to be. It's going to be like, well, I mean, she's not giving us any ammunition here. We're just dying, right? And then... They, our body will feel it. And I felt that too when I was not feeding my microbiome with the right things. And uh, with my daughter and with now with my kid and my husband, we are like really focusing on putting all the time the foods that are going to bring us, you know, the most health. And for kids, it's hard. That's what I, people tell. Oh, it's so hard for the kids to, yeah. but kids are smart. And when you tell them why you're doing the things that you're doing, they're going to know, right? I make my kids go read the label, right? And then they read the label and say like, no, I mean, I, I should not have this. I'm like, there you go. 
I let them have candy and their, you know, their kids. But I always tell them, you first have to eat your food, right? You have to eat your protein. You got to eat your fiber. You got to eat your, your, your fruits, your fermented foods. And then at the end, you're going, you can have something. But you have to first feed that gut microbiome. And, you know, when kids eat good stuff, they're going to be happy. They're going to be, uh, we're seeing so many children now with so much anxiety and depression right? So much suicidal thoughts or, you know, people that are taking their life. And if you think about it, you know, they're probably not outside relating with each other. You know, they're not playing sports, they're in their iPhones, they're in their iPads the whole day. They're not being nurtured by their parents, but, you know, your microbiome also needs to be in good company. (laughs) That's another study that they say, you know, that they said that you are the five people that you spend the most time with. So your microbiome is pretty much who do you spend time with. So when I do a blood test to check the stool test and I check the families, pretty much everyone has the same microbiome. So your microbiome also is very similar to the people that you spend time with, especially the more connected you are with the person, the similar the microbiome is going to be. So in our case, when I tested all my husband, my kids, we all have very similar microbiomes. And, and other families that I have tested too. So with who you spend time with is very important too, because the microbiome is kind of like communicating with your microbiomes and our environment. That's why it's important to go outside, to not be so scared of germs, you know, because we know our society, we're like washing our hands all the time, or if the kids get their hands dirty, we're alcohol, you know, or, you know, we have to let kids to be kids, you know, touch the grass, touch your dog, you know, of course, you're not going to eat with your hands full of dirt. But for the most part, this over-sterilization is also killing our microbiome. I, that is a new one for me, what you just talked about in our, the people that we're most closely connected with. That it, basically what you're, what the message is, our, the people in our environment influence our microbiome. Correct? Mm, how crazy is that? I mean, it. If, I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like on the, on the surface, I'm like, well, you're sharing most of the same foods. You're, you know, you're, t- you know, you're hugging each other, or, you know, you're sharing bacteria, you're talking close and you're, you know, you know what I mean? I, I think on the surface, I, that's my, maybe my explanation, but I'm sure that there is a lot more to it than that. Right. Yes. And you know, like when you, if you want to be successful in life, what do you do? You try to be with people that are successful so you can also reach that goal. If you want to improve your physique, you're going to be hanging out with people that take care of their bodies. So you keep yourself motivated. Maybe you join a gym where everybody has the same, you know, goal in mind. So the same thing for your health and your gut, you know, we have to also, you know, see who we want to spend time with right? Because our gut microbiome was the same, like it's checking everybody out, like, okay, do I want to be with you? And we also have the gut feeling. That's something very powerful too. You know, our gut also, you know, give us signs when we're not, when things are not right, right? Because all that communication, the enteric nervous system is innervating all our, you know, our gut. And there's so many nerves there. And, you know, when we feel something like they feel it in their gut and that's the instinct too. So that's all the communication. And I mean, the gut is fascinating and I don't think, I mean, we're learning and learning every day more and more about it and we're going to continue to learn more. It's kind of like a universe. We have a universe inside of us that we just continue to learn more about it. 
It is a miracle. It is a miracle. Uh, I think I heard, I'm, I'm reading a book now and the title is going to escape me, but I think it's the gut mind connection, I think is okay. the name. Um, and the way that I explained there is that we spent a, after medicine was established, we spent a lot of time as a culture of, of doctors and scientists kind of like splitting things apart and figure out how the parts work. And now we're learning that they work together. Now we're seeing how integrated the whole body is and that approach of just like taking one piece out, like it's a machine. We're going to learn what this piece does. We're going to learn what this piece does, that it, it, it wasn't really telling the whole story because now we're seeing these intimate connections, interactions, for example, between the brain and what's going on in the gut. Yes. And I love the way that you said it, like it's all integrated. <clears throat> in traditional medicine, we have lost the touch of the whole system that is the body. Right now we have so many specialists that are like, one is taking care of the heart, one is taking care of the liver, the other one is taking care of the kidneys, the other one takes care of the brain. Right. So we, people sometimes have five, six specialists that are not communicating with each other, right? Because they, everybody has their own practice. It's not like a multidisciplinary approach. And, and when you are just one organ, right, it's everything is connected. You know, you need everything to work together and just compartmentalizing your health also will not just keeps you farther away from the root cause, right? Yeah. And starting with nutrition, and this is like the best advice that we can give to everyone and it's free. Work on your nutrition, work on sleep, right? Sleep is so important. Working your relationships, who do you spend time with, and move your body. So if you have never exercised before or it's, you're in pain because it's difficult to move, you start walking, right? Gentle yoga, even when you're just start doing some type of movement. Lowering the inflammation in the body by increasing the amount of fiber, by increasing the amount of fermented foods, decreasing the amount of uh, processed food that you're eating, your diet, and you see that your body's going to start healing. And there's going to be a point that you will be able to do more things, right? You're going to be able to bump your exercise. You're going to be able to walk, even maybe go for a run, you know, like you little by little, we can't put uh, as a goal of I'm not able to move. And now I want to have a six pack, right? Tomorrow. That can't be your goal. Your goal has to be something that you can attain. So when you attain it, you'll say, okay, next go, let's go to the next phase. So you can do it. Nice. Nice. I love it. And that. A lot of times I like to ask a guest, you know, where would you recommend that, that someone get started? If let's say that improving health is not anywhere on the radar yet, what would you recommend they do to get started and nutrition? Is that in nutrition? That's what you would so recommend. To, yeah. So to get the, yeah, that's the first approach because I have worked with people that have chronic autoimmune conditions and they, they can move, right? They're in a lot of pain. So the focus is in lowering the inflammation. So I'm not telling them start exercising when they can barely move. The right. focus will be in lowering the inflammation with food. Also, you know, I do targeted supplements. I test their gut microbiome. So I look for root causes. I check their mitochondria. I check their adrenals. It's like a whole, you know, protocol that I make for people. But if for someone that doesn't have the resources to say, I don't have money to pay for all this lab work or take all these supplements, I created an online course and it's super easy, it's only $97 and you have like a good start to reboot your gut 
to reboot your health. So I wanted to make it affordable for everybody yeah. to know where to start. And how can we find that, that course? I'll give, you a, I'll give you a link and also a coupon code. So all the people that, that follow you will have a discount on the course so they can get started. Awesome. And so we'll, I'll put the link then in the show notes with this episode and we'll distribute that to our list and our community as well. So awesome. Rosemarie Ruteki, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Nate. I had such a great time. All right. The link is in the show notes for you to use. That is uh, an affiliate link that Rosemarie provided to me and the code that she mentioned so that you can get a discount on her program. The Gut Reboot program that she mentioned is Podcast 10. And I'll put that down in the show notes for you as well. So if you're interested in investing a little bit in learning more about the things that you can do to continue to improve your overall health by giving some attention to what's happening in your gut, please go check it out. Get, that, get to that link in the show notes and podcast 10. I'm also going to have that if you're, if you're listening and getting to the show notes is too tough, you could always go to beginwithin.fit slash Post slash Rosemarie. Begin within dot fit slash post slash Rosemarie. That's where we're going to have the article that we write based on this interview. And there will be a link there as well as that discount code. So begin within dot fit slash post slash Rosemarie. It's going to be waiting for you right there so that you can. Get involved in her gut reboot course. Go through that program and notice the benefits to your overall health as a result of addressing the mechanisms that we talked about today, the things that we talked about today that are impacting your overall health. That being said, before we wrap up, I want to give you an action step. I want to give you something very specific. We talked about so many different things, didn't we? in the interview, things that absolutely have an effect on your gut health and then on your overall health, physical, mental, health, health, your health. One of them, spend time with positive people, right? Their gut bacteria will influence yours. It's kind of interesting to think. And we know this, right? We know that we are impacted by the people around us. We understand that on an emotional, psychological level, but that emotional, psychological level may be very much influenced by the fact that we're exchanging microbes with each other. And those microbes, like we talked about, influence our feelings. Also, get outside. Get outside. Very important one. We talked about... um reducing stress. We talked about avoiding processed foods, fried foods, using, moderate, uh, using alcohol moderately, if at all, um, fermented foods, kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir, yogurt. But here's the one. Here's the one that I want you to give some attention to because as I'm working with, with my clients in our coaching program, incidentally, begin within that fit slash coaching. If you want to get enrolled in our program, um, well, the thing that I'm noticing 
so often as, as I have clients track their nutrition for a certain amount of time is this one thing is missing so often. And that is something Rosemary mentioned. And you better believe is a part of her gut reboot program as well. Fiber. Fiber. My action step for you is to give some attention over the next day or so, or pick a day when you have the ability to do this, to take a look at how much you're getting in a day. Just give an estimation, right? You have an apple, just give it a quick Google, how much fiber is in a medium-sized apple? Boom, you got it, right? You have um, uh, some, I don't know, some chips or some cereal or a slice of bread, whatever it is. I'm just, I would like you to get curious about how much fiber you're having in a day. Now, the expert that we interviewed today recommended 25 to 35 grams per day. And of course, the more we can get it from whole food places, the better. We all understand that. The more alive the food is, the closer to when it was alive, when it was picked, when it was harvested, it's going to be better for us. We understand that versus maybe some other types of really processed fiber that we could have, right? We could go chew on a stick out in the yard, but and it's going to have fiber, but it's not going to benefit us the same as some of those very good, wholesome vegetable and fruit sources of fiber. But regardless of where it's coming from, I would like you to get curious about how much fiber you're having in a given day. And I think for most of us, I know for most of us, it is way below that range of 25 to 35 grams, way below where healthy gut activity happens within that range of 25 to 35. Now, just get curious and notice. Just count it up in an average day what you're doing. One caution, I would just recommend if you, if you do think about adding in, just do it a little bit gradually. Don't try to go, oh, all right, tomorrow I'm going to have 35 grams. <laughs> you're going to notice that it's going to take a little while for your body to catch up, a little while for you to feel comfortable. So as you increase fiber intake and try to get up into that recommended range, and again, of course, see how you feel. Check with your medical, um, medical practitioner if you have questions, if you're unsure, or if they've given you cautions in these areas before. This is not definitely a one-size-fits-everyone, but maybe most. So 25 to 35 is the recommendation. Just give it, give it some attention. See what you're doing on an average day. That's, that's the action step. It's a little bit of homework for you, but it's going to be so eye-opening because it will help you to see an area where there is an opportunity, an opportunity to improve your health. And that's what we're here for. We're looking for the, the low-hanging fruit, the things that are the easiest for us to, to do that will have the biggest return in terms of our health, how we're feeling. And so we're on this, I am too, I'm on this never-ending search of improvement, right? Of trying to find the thing that's going to help me the most from where I am now. All of our health can improve. None of us is perfect. So we're all looking for the low-hanging fruit, the things that we can do now most easily without drastically transforming everything about our life 
that that's going to have the biggest impact on how we're feeling and not just physically but now we're you know emotionally how we're thinking because we know that the gut and the brain are so closely connected together so that's it for an action step i'm not telling you what you have to do i'm just encouraging you to pay attention for a day or so and see how much fiber that you're getting that was recommended by the by the expert that we had here on the show and of course links are in the show notes if you'd like some more resources thank you so much for listening thank you for as well reviewing the show in apple podcasts or on your podcast player giving it a a rating following the show sharing the show you are keeping this show in the top 10 percent of all podcasts on the planet and i appreciate you so much for doing that it helps me to know that more and more new people every single week, every single day are finding the show and, and benefiting from it. So I thank you so much for rating, reviewing the show, and sharing it like you've been doing. I appreciate you for that. And I'll talk to you again very soon here on the Begin Within Health Show.